Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on September 17th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a report from Victoria Hansen on families with disabled children and their worries about an ACLU lawsuit against the state's mask mandate prohibition. There is a monoclonal antibody shortage in the state, and the federal government is rethinking how to use the therapeutic. We have new unemployment numbers to look at, and what are Americans like you buying? Hmm, we'll find out. We also hear about life on the front lines of the pandemic, and which vaccine is most likely to keep you out of the hospital. Also, happy 68th birthday to my mom, Teresa. She's probably not listening, I don't think she knows I have a podcast, but happy birthday, mom. I know there's, there's three boys in this family, but only one has a podcast. Also, we want to hear your stories or your birthday shoutouts, whatever. whatever. What's going on with y'all? You know we have a voicemail box. You know the number. Should I even say the number? I'll do it anyway. 803-563-7169. Leave us a message. Give us your name, your number, where you're calling from. Maybe don't give us your number, but if you want to. Uh, tell us what's going on. You know, it's spooky season. Things are getting a little bit cooler. The football matches are taking place. And uh, just so you know, this podcast does not pledge any allegiance to any college football team. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. I'm still saying it. There have been 11,614 total deaths, and currently there are 819,204 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of September 17th at 4 p.m. We had the most deaths ever reported in a single day this week, with 138, which is just shy of how many people died from the flu during the entire 2019 through 2020 season. That's right, one day equaled a whole flu season, folks. Our current percent positive rate is 12%. Right now, 2,502 people are hospitalized with COVID-19. 600 are in intensive care, and 410 are on ventilators. Those numbers are slightly lower than last week, except for ICU admissions, which are up 5%. Currently, 38 children are hospitalized with COVID-19, the highest number reported to date by the Children's Hospital Collaborative. 14 children are in critical care, and 7 are in ventilators. And we've reached the 50% mark of the eligible population of South Carolina receiving full vaccination status. There's some celebration there, but I never celebrated a 50% test score in school. But currently we are at 50.2%, or 2.16 million South Carolinians. And just so you know, the 20 to 24 year olds remain the most under-vaccinated age group in the state. Let's start off our politics section with some state house news. There was a Senate Medical Affairs subcommittee hearing this week with public input on therapeutic options for individuals with COVID-19. But since this podcast is rooted in science and fact, and I believe in bringing you the most accurate researched information, I have nothing to report for you from that meeting. There will be a hearing next week that includes medical experts, however. The Senate will return on October 12th to take up federal COVID-19 spending and redistricting issues. It won't take up anything outside of the signing die resolution, which dictates what they can do outside of the regular session. Now, they could take up something outside that resolution, but it would require two-thirds of majority in a Republican-dominated Senate. So there could be a vote, but more than likely there will be no mask action, but definitely 
plenty of talk. From the statehouse to the courthouse, there are families with children with disabilities waiting for a court ruling on masks in the classroom. They were at the heart of a suit lodged by the American Civil Liberties Union against the state's prohibition on schools being able to implement a mask mandate. South Carolina Public Radio's Victoria Hansen has this report. Four-year-old Porter Bovers of Charleston slips behind the curtain of his makeshift playroom into a land of dinosaurs. He points out every plastic prehistoric reptile by its precise name. Dinosaurs, they're all he wants to talk about. Dinosaurs and T-Rex. Porter has autism, a developmental disability that can cause repetitive behaviors, as well as problems with speech and social skills. Typically, he attends classes for kids with special needs. But this year, Porter started school in a regular classroom. It's a huge milestone his mother, Samantha, had hoped to celebrate, but... The only thing I felt was fear, because I knew he was not going to be safe that day. Samantha is worried about the new Delta variant of the coronavirus, now surging in schools, no longer allowed to require masks. A new state budget proviso specifically prohibits mass mandates by threatening funding. And Porter, because of his disability, is especially vulnerable. He may be able to tell you all about dinosaurs, but he has difficulty communicating that he is sick. My child would be one of those ones that if he gets this, his pediatrician has said, we would pray and hope he would get the sniffles and a cough and a cold. But if he ended up in that hospital, you need to be prepared. Samantha feels she's unfairly being forced to choose between Porter's health and education. So she's joined the ACLU and eight other families in filing a federal lawsuit, arguing the ban essentially excludes students with disabilities from public schools in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. The Department of Education has also opened a civil rights investigation. But Governor Henry McMaster insists Parents, not schools, should decide if kids wear masks. He denies the allegations. I think it's, it's totally inaccurate. Uh, we received a, a letter from the Secretary of Education uh, about that, and uh, what, what we are doing here is, is perfectly legal, in my opinion. I think the legal claim's really quite straightforward. It's unfortunate that the issue of masking during a global pandemic is such a politicized one. Alan Cheney is the director of legal advocacy for the ACLU of South Carolina. The group has filed a preliminary injunction, trying to stop the ban from being enforced while the case is decided. Our hope is that the courts move quickly on this. You know, there are really profound consequences to delay here. Now, which dinosaur do you want to show her? It's Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus. Samantha thinks about the consequences every day as she sends Porter and his sister to school wearing masks, knowing not all parents will do the same. She pleads with those who don't believe masks protect children to have empathy. And think, am I going to choose to ignore this mom who is afraid for her child's life? just so I can feel like I'm able to do what I want to do. And she waits 
for courts to decide if schools can enforce mask mandates. Thanks, Victoria. You can find that report and more on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. But going back to therapeutic options, Politico reports that the Biden administration is imposing new limits on states' ability to access the COVID-19 antibody treatments amid rising demand from GOP governors who've relied on the drug as a primary weapon against the virus. Federal health officials plan to allocate specific amounts to each state under the new approach in an effort to more evenly distribute the 150,000 doses that the government makes available each week. The approach is likely to cut into shipments to GOP-led states in the southeast that have made the pricey antibody treatment a central part of their pandemic strategy, while simultaneously spurning mask mandates and other restrictions. South Carolina is temporarily out of the aforementioned therapeutic, according to WLTX, which cited Melanie Matney with the South Carolina Hospital Association, who said, quote, there have been orders of approximately 13,000 doses that have been made by providers of antibodies since August 30th that we need to make up in some way, quote. Now, I will point out that plenty of vaccine doses are readily available in the state. Of course, it's a preventative measure and not a treatment. And on the way out, the Charleston County School District Board voted this week to implement a mask mandate in schools effective September 20th through October 15th. The Post and Courier reports that the board instructed the district to enforce the requirements using federal funds, since it's currently prohibited from using state funds to do so, per a proviso added in the state budget by Republican lawmakers. Since the start of the school year, 1,464 Charleston County students and employees have tested positive for the virus, this according to the district's COVID-19 dashboard. There are currently 1,179 students in quarantine, according to the superintendent. Eight schools have transitioned to temporary virtual learning, and seven of those schools remain closed. Let's start off our business section with some good news. The unemployment rate for August declined nominally like it has in previous months, with it going to 4.2% from 4.3% in July. Overall for the year, our unemployment rate is down a full 1.1 percentage points. Good news. Industries that reported gains over the last month were government, leisure and hospitality, construction, and professional and business services. Decreases were observed in the education and health services fields, other services, and financial activities for a net gain of 3,100 jobs. The state is back on track with employment numbers that exceed the record-setting number of jobs we had in the months prior to the pandemic. South Carolina Department of Employment and Workforce Executive Director Dan Elzey said in a statement, Even with all the jobs added to the workforce in the past several months, there are still more than 100,000 jobs posted in the SC Works online system. This is another testament to the strength of the economy. Even with dramatic increases in jobs over the past months, employers are still ready to hire 100,000 additional people. Bamberg County tops the list with the highest rate of unemployment at 8.3%. As for the lowest unemployment rates in the state, Saluda and Lexington County are tied at 3.3%. Now, despite the good data here, due reported weekly unemployment claims jumped to 2,393 for the week ending September 11th. This is a jump of some 1,100 claims, which marks the first time the state has been in the 2,000-plus territory for weekly claims since July 17th. Nationally, initial claims jumped by 20,000 from the week prior to 332,000. Moving on, the Associated Press reports that Americans continued to spend at a brisk pace in August, even as COVID-19 infections rose. 
though much of it was done online and not at restaurants or other sectors in the U.S. economy slammed by the Delta variant. Retail sales rose a seasonally adjusted 0.7% in August from the month before, this according to the U.S. Commerce Department on Thursday. That uptick caught most economists by surprise. Consensus estimates were for a decrease of 0.85%, according to a survey of economists by FactSet. Online sales soared 5.3% last month, while sales at restaurants and bars, many of which believe they were through the worst of the pandemic until the arrival of Delta, were flat from the month before. So that's a little glimpse of what people are buying, but tell us what you're buying. Are you already shopping for Christmas? You should be. Sounds like shipping and supply chains will still be a nightmare this year. Also, you got less than 100 days, folks. How's Santa going to do it? Help him out. We're going to lead off our medical section with some insight from the front lines of the pandemic. Dr. Helmut Albrecht is the medical director for the Prisma Health and University of South Carolina Center for Infectious Disease Research, and he told me about his recent time on rounds, what to make of the booster shot discussion, and his plea for folks to help medical workers. It was an intense interview on This Week in South Carolina, and here's Dr. Albrecht on the current situation. I was actually on call last week for infectious diseases here at, at Richland, and that's that's very common because we used to run the service here in the Midlands with two people. Now we're running with six and barely getting it done. Um, we have enough people to do it. It's just not a healthy way to do it. And I've done this now for quite some time. I've never had in one week so many people relatively or really young uh, fighting for their lives. I've I've run clinics in Africa. I've worked on bone marrow transplant units, and I was around for the early HIV days when treatment really weren't available. But this is this is unprecedented. It sounds pretty disheartening too. And what are you seeing exactly? Well, it, it's all anecdotes. But Thursday and Friday. I think our service alone saw six pregnant women with COVID. Um, whether one is going to make it or not is is unclear. And, and it's just um, talking to 27-year-olds about intubation and those kind of things is is uh, not good for anyone, um, neither for the patient nor nor for the providers. It's um, the, and the the numbers are just overwhelming. It's when you're supposed to see ten patients in an afternoon, and are trying to see thirty. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to do, um, and it's it's almost impossible to do it right, at least for your internal standards. So everybody is is frustrated about this. Everybody is is. So we're living this all day, every day. I had a nurse walk out on us on the morning huddle because she said, I can't take it anymore. We had six deaths here overnight in, in one unit, took care of this guy for four weeks, and I need a break. I know I'm on, but I, I just need out. Wow. And it's not, you can't even fault anybody for that, right? It's, it's, it's hard. 
and it's emotionally draining and it's physically demanding. These 16 hour days are, I'm too old for this stuff. When it comes to, you know, booster shots too, we're talking about a lot of back and forth within the medical community, especially this week, looking at research out there right now. Pfizer's looking into shots, Moderna's looking into potential booster shots too. Where do you fall in this debate right now? Obviously people that are immunocompromised can get a booster shot, but what about others? Where, where do you stand on this research right now? So the, it's a booster shot and a third shot for immunocompromised. They are not the same. They the third shot for immunocompromised that completes your initial series. That shouldn't be called a booster shot. 99% mm -hmm. of people who would line up for the third shot do want a booster shot. They are not in one of those groups that are immunocompromised, but it's a very different thing. The data that we have on the third shot is, is mostly from transplant, and a lot of this is stipulation, but I, I think that's pretty clear. Four weeks after your second shot, you can get a third shot if you fall into one of these groups. The booster shot is, is difficult. There, there's really no data for Moderna and J&J &J right now. For Pfizer, we have a data set from Israel. That's a very unique data set. It's over 60-year-olds. Um, it's, it's much more in a in a total Delta society, um, it, it's, it's a very different situation. But it decreases your rates of breakthrough by over 80%. So I think that's going to be enough mm -hmm. for Pfizer to recommend this. What they're going to do in the U.S., they're actually debating that on Friday in the, on the FDA level. And then the CDC actually has to put the parameters around this. Are we going to go with six months? Um, like Israel, are we going to go in an older population or everyone? It's clear that the antibodies fall, but that actually doesn't matter. It's clear that neutralizing falls. What we need to show is that the shot can decrease something. Readmissions, hospitalizations, death. And it's actually none of the vaccines are failing there yet. We're still seeing the vast, vast majority that get critically ill or die in the hospital, I mean, over 98% of those are mm -hmm. unvaccinated. So it's much more important to get a first and a second shot into people than even to discuss a third shot. But I think it will come. I think it makes some sense. Um, we have to reduce the virus burden in our community. It, it can't go on like this. Mm -hmm. So this is one way to do it, but it's probably not the most promising way. And Dr. Albrecht, with just 30 seconds left, I want to ask you about the state reaching the 50% milestone right now for fully vaccinated folks. What's your message right now, really quickly, to the other 50% of eligible South Carolinians when it comes to getting vaccinated? You need to help us get back to some sort of normalcy in the healthcare system and, and as a society. We can't afford this. It, the concerns are, are clearly not valid reasons. So. So get a vaccine, help, help us out, help your community out here and get on with it. Yeah, that was an absolutely brutal interview right there. And yes, the numbers have dipped some, but this is not over, folks. Also, just as a little follow-up here, the FDA is expected to vote on Friday about boosters. So we'll have a follow-up for you next week on their decision. You can also catch that full interview on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. Speaking of vaccines, we have an update on the effectiveness of the three vaccines currently in use in the United States. The CDC published a study in the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report that compared the three shots head-to-head. -head. 
That's right, folks. It's the showdown we've all been waiting for. The war on the shore is here. Yes, all three are highly effective, but which is the most effective at keeping you out of the hospital? Which will get the rose? According to the real-world data research, the Moderna vaccine comes in at 93%, Pfizer is 88%, and Johnson & Johnson at 71%. The study found that differences in vaccine effectiveness between the Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine might be due to higher mRNA content in the Moderna vaccine differences in timing between doses, or possible differences between groups that received each vaccine that were not accounted for in the analysis, this according to the team. Now, the CDC worked with researchers to study 3,689 patients at 21 hospitals in 18 states. Moving on, the Associated Press reports that no, masks are not harming children who wear them, despite what you may read on social media. There is no scientific evidence showing masks cause harm to kids' health despite baseless claims suggesting otherwise. There is, however, strong evidence masking children in schools can reduce COVID-19 transmission to other children and adults. Across 166 schools in Maricopa County, Arizona, COVID-19 outbreaks are two times more common at those without mask mandates, said Dr. Rebecca Sunenshine, medical director of the county's public health department. The more you know, the more you know. Welcome to the wind down section. It's our it's our little break from the news. Just us, just us talking, hanging out, max and relaxing, doing what we do. But you know, we want to know what you're doing. It's not all about AT and me all the time. It's about you, the people out there, the listener. <laughs> whether you're in your car, in your home, on your Alexa, on your smart tablet, your smartphone, your mobile device, wherever you listen to us. Even if you do think it is all about us on here, like. Challenge us. Come talk about yourself and see if we can make it about ourselves. Mm, yeah. Oh, I love that little challenge. A little real world road rules challenge there. But yeah, let us know. 803-563-7169. We're interested. Super interested. You know what? From you. We're interested. <laughs> that's our that's our new motto. Just found it. You know what? We're, We're interested, interested, folks. Um, let us know about your therapeutic research. We probably won't put it on air if it's uh, not not fact based. It but depends how. Yeah, it depends how many uh, studies, how many participants in your study. But I mean, if you get enough, maybe we'll air it. Yep. <laughs> but at we have someone, right? We have a we have we got a, one, uh, babe. We got one. Oh yeah, the hopper. It, it's not. It's not Just super dry and empty, <laughs> but it, it's not overflowing. Our, our cup. Our, our cup does not overflow, but. Mm. Anyway, it's a big let's cup. hear this. <laughs> this is not really a, a f funny uh, voicemail, but oh, okay. uh, let's get to it anyway. Yes. So uh, get appropriately serious, please. Yes. Hey, guys. Sorry your hopper's been low. Please distort my voice because I'm about to complain and I want my job to stay good through where I'm at, at least. I am a teacher in South Carolina, and uh, this, this year has been, um, well, a literal poo show. Uh, already three weeks in, I have had several kids test positive in my room. The numbers for my school are completely off, um, at least by 40 to 50 percent. And I know that that's not my administration's fault. They are simply overwhelmed. The state is not giving us any chance to get this under control. The laws that they passed, not letting us mask kids, get kids to wear the masks. 
it's, I don't know what they think we're going to be able to do. We were already short on staff. We were already short-handed and, un, and unfunded, and this has just gotten so bad. And I'm terrified of, even though I am vaccinated, and I literally had the COVID, it's been exhausting. Like, to see, we put in the work to get vaccinated, we, got, we put in the work to wear our masks, and it's just been blown off by so many. So many people who are denying science, who deny the facts of the matter, and would rather follow conspiracy theories. It's exhausting. It's, I am exhausted. I love teaching. I love my students. If I ever were to leave this field, it would be because of the government and their ridiculous obsession with things that do not affect day-to-day -day life. I love my students. I want them all to be safe and healthy. And it breaks my heart that literally at least two of them caught COVID in my room. I watched it happen, and I literally could do nothing about it. As a teacher and a mom, do better, South Carolina. Thanks for all you guys do. Bye. Well, thank you for calling South Carolina teacher. That was uh incredible testimony right there. Three weeks yep. in, several kids positive. Numbers, you said, are completely off by 40 to 50% because... Administration is just overwhelmed right there. Uh, the state giving, not giving you guys any chance to get this under control, like you said. Uh, you just heard it in her voice. She is just literally terrified and exhausted. We're driving exhausted. people away yep. here. Like between that voicemail and Dr. Albrecht, I mean, we've reached this horrible point as a yeah. state and country. And we're just normalizing it. We're just like, oh, you know, okay. Like, let them, let's see how, let's how far we can push people till they just completely break at this point. Yep. Uh, just and, because you don't want to wear a mask or something. Yeah. Like, and we, we just reported in the section above about what masks can do. They can harm kids, but they can help save them. Uh, but again, in South Carolina, we cannot enforce a mandate there, except Charleston County is using federal dollars to enforce that mandate. So it'll be interesting to see how that works uh, because that is a, a proven method of preventing spread of this deadly, deadly variant. So what strikes, um, what strikes me the most with that is that um, she says, if I, leave, if I were ever to leave teaching, she loves her job, yeah. she loves her kids. If yeah. she's ever going to leave, it's because of bureaucracy and the government. And I understand that because uh, we know that uh, my wife, she was a teacher, Caitlin, she was a teacher, mm -hmm. and she left in 2019, just before the pandemic started, to go full-time at, at Craft and Draft. And um, yeah. I, I can't imagine what teachers have to go through during mm -hmm. this. And so I really appreciate uh, the the secret teacher calling. Yes. I, I hope I hope your call was a little bit of a wind down for you. Like we are here to listen to you vent if you need to vent. So yes. I, I, I super, super appreciate you call in um, because I, I feel like that's what this whole section is about right here. You yeah, know? And that's important. Even though we talk about stupid stuff. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, by oh all means, God. like if you're a nurse, if you're a teacher, if you're on the front lines, we always want to hear from you guys because sometimes it's hard to get your message out because, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm going around, you're not going to like throw yourself in front of me and say, hey, I want to tell you my story because I want to jeopardize my job here. You know, it's like it's yep. it is difficult to talk about these things because of repercussions and the way things are right now these days. So. Uh, we appreciate that input, and again, just eye-opening and, and saddening, too, because you are driving people away. They're already underpaid teachers. They're stretched thin. They're doing virtual. Mm -hmm. Kids are all over the place. Parents are having to compensate for this, too. It's like, this is like what I was talking to Molly Sparrow about the other day. Things just basically imploded before they even started <laughs> in the school year, and everyone's yeah. like, okay, like <laughs> things are great. Like, all uh, right. I think if, if that's what you th if this is the definition of great, I mean... 
I don't want to see what you think bad is. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right I also want to thank I also want to say thank say thank you to the secret teacher that I I personally love pitching voices down. Yes. And so that was a particular I if there are two things I love, it's pitching voices and uh bleeps. So yeah. if anyone wants to have their 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 Go voice pitched and down yeah. and and curse, call in. Please. I would love to. We that's that's what we live for here. Yeah, and pitching voices down, AT, that's that's industry lingo for modulating the voice to Modulating the voice, the voice yes. downwards, yeah. <laughs> we we do it uh, when when uh, we have something that we think is like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah, know, like we, we've disguise. done a bunch. Yeah. Um, speaking of just some some stuff too, I was on Instagram the other day. I can't get off Instagram. Funny story. That's a separate separate problem. I don't want to bore anyone with, but I'm addicted Zuck to Instagram. You. That's uh, good. <laughs> but I was That's flipping good. through. And my friend Grace in Berlin put on her uh, Insta story a photo from a grocery store, and it was of an antigen, it's a, a antigen COVID test, boxes of them on this shelf in this little grocery mm-hmm. store in, in Germany. And the price tag underneath it was $1.50, I guess a euro 50, whatever. And I said, oh my God, <laughs> that's like so cheap. Yeah. I'm like, that's cheap. And she wrote back, well, how much do they cost where you are? And I was like, uh, <laughs> well, we don't have them where I am. Like, you don't just get them at the grocery store and just go test yourself like a pregnancy kit at the dollar store, you know? Like, we have those. Yeah, we no can't way. do the antigen tests here. I mean, you can go to a pharmacy and get one and, you know, swab it you and send it off it for in, like right? 60 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Those, you get the test results right there. So could you imagine if we just had easy tests? Because it's hard. Again, it's still pretty tricky to get out there and get a test. A lot of places are busy. You usually have to go to a DHEC spot. So... 40,000 tests just the other day. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's crazy it's that out there little, right It's that little lull that we had right at the beginning of Oof. summer where they closed down all the testing yeah. sites and, and everything. We didn't need it. Yeah, we were just like, we, we got didn't need it. We a thought day, we were deal. through. We were thought we were through, and, and here we are again, and we just <sighs> don't have that in- infrastructure anymore. So it's tough, and uh, I... <laughs> I hope we didn't wind everyone up in this wind. Yeah, I, right. I, TGIF, everyone have, have a good weekend. I, I, yeah. I truly believe that this is what uh, it's it, it is meant for. And yes. uh, as much as we joke about stupid things, like I have notes that we want to talk about the Silence of the Lambs house later, but uh, maybe not today, maybe yeah. next time. But uh, it's it's the type of thing where uh, I hope that it gives you some sort of catharsis and release mm-hmm. to call in and just yell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yell along, you know. Give give shout outs to the people that call, you know. We love it. We're a community here. We've been doing this since God, March twenty twenty. Do you wanna know what number episode of coronavirus this is? Do you wanna guess? I I don't even uh, like one one fifty? One sixty three. Oh boy. <laughs> oh brother. <laughs> I mean there was a time over the summer I was like, Well, I guess we don't really have to start doing these as much anymore. We were, yeah, we were well, gonna this... transition like content and then no, now things we're at change, 163. People change. But anyway, uh, things change, people change. Things change Keep people calling, change. please. I, I I crave your input. Uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. Yep. Everyone. So uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Secret Teacher. Thank you, Gavin. Yes. I hope you have a good weekend. Yes, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend. Again, another another weekend I'm not home. Next yeah, weekend, folks, you. I promise you know I'll be home for the duration. I, I was going to ask you to golf tomorrow, but no, I guess not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay. see you, Gavin. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Again, thank you to our teachers. Thank you to our medical professionals and everyone out there on the front lines during this horrible pandemic that continues to rage in our state and country and world. And you can show us your appreciation by leaving us a voicemail at 803-563-7169 or a review on iTunes. You can stay up to date on the latest news on SETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. Also, always catch This Week in South Carolina Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday afternoons at 1.30 p.m. on SCETV channels statewide. 
For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Here we go. Hold on. I'm going to use my jar of change. That's better. Ooh. <laughs> Still committed to the bit. <laughs> Still uh, looking for ways to incorporate the bit.